It's locked. This is a new fishing pole. I can't read it. There we go. I will make you fishers of men. You know this, fishers of men, fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. If you follow me. If you follow me. I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. Today, we're going to talk about sharing our faith. I can already feel you starting to squirm in your pew. <laughs> as much as I am squirming standing up here, when I read that lectionary text, I thought, no way am I talking about that. We, most of us, learned that song about fishing for men. We would say fishing for people or humankind now when we were young. And we knew that we were supposed to go fish for people. I never liked that image. When I was a little girl, we lived in rural South Georgia in a town called Milledgeville. And behind our house was a large wooded area, and the Oconee River ran through it. And on Saturday mornings, my dad would take me back there with a cane pole, and we would fish. And while I really enjoyed catching fish, I can promise you the fish did not enjoy being caught. And even using a net, they're not happy about that. And so this image for me was just like, I don't know about snagging people that don't want to be caught for Jesus. And so, but I knew that that was something I was supposed to do. And so as I got older, as a teenager, I knew that I was called into the ministry as early as 12. Of course, I was in a tradition that said as a woman I couldn't do that, but I tried to do what I could. And so it was in the age of the Billy Graham era, and I was taught that the way you did that was you would go to your family, and you'd go to your friends, and you would even stop strangers on the street, and you could get these tracks that had... That what you need to say, I just ordered these, by the way. They're still being used. You can get them in any Christian bookstore. And what you would do is you would go up to a total stranger, or like I did to my poor sister who's still seeking payback, <laughs> and say, do you know where you'll go if you die today? Do you know that you'll go to heaven? Because if you don't know Jesus you're going to spend eternity in hell. <laughs> and so, you're a sinner. <laughs> but, but you can be saved if you'll say this prayer. And I'll pray it with you right now. And then you will have your ticket to heaven. <laughs> Sorry. I actually did that to people. <laughs> And I gritted my teeth the whole time because I hated it. There was something so wrong about that. And while I believe that people who do this are doing it with good intentions, it's manipulative, it's abusive, and it's not the gospel. 
You never see Jesus behave like that. And so if that is not biblical people fishing, and I promise you it's not, it's caused tremendous harm, then what is? What does it mean that we're to fish for people as followers of Jesus? That's what we have to answer this morning. So stay in your seat. It's going to be okay. And let's pray. God, most of us are uncomfortable with the whole idea of sharing our faith with people. It feels wrong. It feels manipulative. It feels like we're imposing something on people. And we don't want to do that. Nor do we believe that you want us to do that. So God, help us this morning understand what it means to share the good news that we have found the Messiah, that our lives have been changed, that we found a God who lifts us out of the pit and puts our feet on a rock and gives us a new song in our mouth, that we found a God that has given us meaning, that has helped us claim our identities, that has enabled us to stand us straight in who we are created to be, and give us the wisdom and the courage to share that so other people can find themselves in you in a way that is life-giving, in a way that welcomes and celebrates them and empowers them to go out and serve others just as you did. Speak this morning so we can hear you, that we might go forth rejoicing with the good news that there's a place at your table for all of us. For we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So in our gospel text this morning, Jesus is walking along the shores of the Sea of Galilee, and there are fishermen who have come in from a night of fishing. Just like if you walk on the early morning on the shores of Galveston, you'll see the shrimp boats starting to come in. And they have pulled their boats up on the shore, and they have taken their nets, and they're mending them. And they're getting ready for going out again as the evening of that day approaches. And as Jesus is walking by, he sees Andrew and Simon, and he says, come, leave your nets in your boats, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. And as he keeps walking, he comes across James and John and tells them the same thing, and they follow him. And then he begins to teach them what it means to be a fisher of people. So if we're going to understand what biblical people fishing looks like, I think we need to look at what Jesus did, how he shared the kingdom of God, and then taught his disciples to do the same thing. In the short part of the text that we have this morning, we understand they went about proclaiming the kingdom of God. What was he proclaiming? That? People say, well, yes, because don't you remember, Diane, on the cross, there was that thief and, who was about to die, and he said, remember me? And Jesus said, okay, today you'll be with me in paradise. And that's true, but it has nothing to do with this kind of thing. What was happening there is there was a man who was in dire distress, who was facing the end of his life, and who was terrified, who was in trauma and was suffering, and Jesus looks at him and says, don't worry, I got you. You're going to be with me in paradise. It's going to be okay. And Jesus, throughout his ministry, does that very thing. He goes around telling people, the kingdom of God has come for you. Stand up straight in your identity. Claim who you are. 
take off the labels that the religious community has put on you, that the society has put on you, that you've put on yourself, and be free from that because this is who you are in God. You are God's beloved. You are created in the image of God. You can stand up straight in your identity exactly as God created you. You are gifted with gifts for the world. You are empowered to live a life of love and grace, to love yourself and love your neighbor as yourself, and to love God. And so he goes around, and people who are sick, he brings healing. People who are marginalized, who've been pushed to the shadows and outside the walls, he brings them back in, making a place at the table, including those who've been excluded, and telling people that's the good news. That's why I came. Not to judge you, not to condemn you, not to send you to an eternity in hell. You're already living in one, and I want to free you from that. That's the gospel that Jesus shared. And he never imposed it on people. Watch him. Even when he heals people, he asks them, what do you need? What do you want? And then he invites them to participate in that healing with him. He empowers people. He gives people dignity. He is vulnerable with them in the same way that he asks them to be vulnerable with him. He builds relationships with people. And then shares the good news of who they are in God to set them free. That's what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about fishing for people. I don't know how many of you fish, but I've been fishing since I was a little girl, and there's an art to it. If you're going to go fishing, you need to know the lake. You need to know whether you're out in the surf of the ocean, whether you're in a running stream, whether you're in a marsh, because that's going to change the way you fish what kind of equipment you use, what kind of fish you're going to catch. You need to know what kind of fish bite in what kind of weather. You need to watch the play of the wind and the sunlight on the water. You need to study the vegetation and understand the environment that you're in. And you need patience. There are times when you'll sit out on the lake all day or sit on the dock or stand out in the surf or in the marsh. And what's wonderful about that is that you'll come to the place, like in this painting, it doesn't matter whether you catch anything, because you're there. You're in relationship with the environment and the fish, and that's enough. And that's what Jesus is talking about. Building relationships with people because they matter, because we care about what they need, what they want, what brings them life. If you're going to fish, you've got to know what kind of fish you're catching. It, and depending on that, changes what the bait is. If you're going to go fishing for walleye, you're not going to find them in a southern lake or out in the ocean. You're going to find them up in a cold, deep, northern lake, and you're going to use live leeches, and you're going to hook those leeches right through the sucker, not the tail, because that's what walleye like. If you're going to fish for catfish, you're going to use either little herring or you're going to use chunks of hot dogs or chicken livers because that's what catfish like. So depending on what kind of fish you're fishing for, you need to know what kind of bait they like to eat. If you're not using live bait, you need to know about lures. If you want to catch bass or trout, you need a spinner bait because they 
reflect in the water like a live insect. And those bait and those trout will go after because of the way it spins in the water. So you study the fish. You study the environment and you enter it on their terms. And that's the way we build relationships. Not imposing ourselves on people, but entering into relationship with people on their terms, in their culture, in their environment, to learn and listen to them. Not to make them make a choice so that we can check it off on the church growth list, so that we can count the number of butts in the pews or how many giving units we have, or so that I can report to the bishop, I'm a great pastor because I have 10 conversions this year. No! Because we want to be in relationship with people simply because we care about them. And God loves them no matter what they ever decide to do, whether they ever decide to become a part of this community. And that's what God is calling us to do. When I was at the conference office, I, of all people, was in charge of Hispanic ministries. That makes no sense to me. But I had a heart for it. And here's the deal. The reason we're not being effective with the Hispanic community is because they are objects for us. We want to say we've got this many Hispanic congregations and we have this many Hispanic people and we're being successful in Hispanic ministry. We are using people for our own benefit and guess what? They're smart people. They know what that is and they don't want any part of it and good for them. Because that's not what God called us to do. God called us to be in relationship. God called us to go meet people who are different from us and learn what they have to offer. And offer them a space that allows them to be who they are in God and for us to receive the gift of that. And that's what God is calling us to do. To build relationships to say, I want to know you because you're worth knowing whether you ever decide to follow Jesus like I do, whether you ever decide to be a part of this community because I love this community, it doesn't matter. I think you benefit from that, but I want to be in relationship with you, and I'm not going anywhere. That's what God is calling to us. And the reason then we have permission to share our faith is not to try to get them to make a decision or impose conversion on them, but because we found the Messiah and it has changed my life. And if I love you, then I want to share anything that is significant to me with you. Because God's story has changed my story for good. And if God's story can change your story for good, why wouldn't I want you to know that? Why wouldn't I offer you the opportunity to find out who you are, to find out that there's a place at the table for you, to find out there's a God who will lift you out of the pit because I've been in one too and I'll fall in one again and, and my faith experience is that God always meets me there and God can meet you there and you can find what you need to be who God created you to be and that's why we share it because it's good news. I was in the cabinet with Bishop Huey for seven years and I knew it was time for me to go, that I had done what I could do, it was time to pass it on. And I had some offers all over the world to go do things in the Philippines and Africa and El Salvador. There were some other churches, people said, why don't you look at going there? And I was looking and then I was sitting right back there where Jack White is sitting today. It was an evening, Bishop Jones is up here, he had come to introduce himself to you all. And I was sitting next to Chuck Huffman, who was also on the cabinet with me, and we're having our little private conversation back there in the dark. And he's going, 
I wonder if she would make a good pastor for Varian. I wonder if she would. And I looked at him and I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, you know her and he's leaving. And I said, no, nobody told me that. He said, why, are you interested? And I said, hell yes, I'm interested. <laughs> and so I called Andy. I said, put my name in the hat. Well, so I'm sitting on the cabinet, and so they come to inventory when they start deciding and talking about you know, who they're thinking about for a particular appointment. So I get kicked out of cabinet for three months. And I know they're talking about me, and it's driving me crazy. And as I told you last week, I'm an impatient waiter. And so I kept saying to Jack and other people, why are they even discussing that? I worked with them for seven years. Don't they know I'm the right person? And I, at one point, got so frustrated because there were rumors coming out of the cabinet meetings, Diane, you're not going to get it. There are other people more qualified than you, and there were. And so I told Jack, I said, I'm going to go up there and give them a piece of my mind. <laughs> and I definitely gave God a piece of my mind. And Jack said, Diane, do you believe this is where God wants you? And I said, yes. He said, well, then sit back and see what God does. So I impatiently waited for the Lord, and on a Wednesday afternoon at 5.38, I was leaving the conference office where I worked, I was on my way home, and my cell phone in the seat next to me rang, and I saw Andy Knoll's name. He was a district superintendent, and I was scared to death to answer it, because I was afraid he was going to tell me we gave it to somebody else. I answered it. And Andy said, Diane, you're the new senior pastor of Bering Memorial. And I almost wet my pants. <laughs> I was so excited. I couldn't contain it. I pulled over the side of the road on Bissonette and Yoakum. That's where I was. And I rolled down the window and I said, yes! <laughs> and then I called my entire list of numbers. I called Jack. I called all four of my children, even Jonathan. I woke him up in Ireland. I called the Philippines. I called all my friends. I called my prayer partners. I even called my mother who thinks I'm going to hell because of my liberal theology because I wanted everyone to know this great news. I even wrote a song for the last cabinet meeting and sang it. Much to <laughs> It actually wasn't a new song. It was my version of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. And it was, all I want for conference is you bearing. And the cabinet tolerated it. But see, there's the point. I had some good news. It was life-changing for me. It meant the world to me. I'm not going to sit on that. I'm going to tell every body I know what has happened. Not because I need them to do anything, but because it's happened and it's good news. That's what God's calling us to do. God's calling us to live deep into who we are in God, into those places of meaning, both the joyous ones and the hard ones. To know the experience of God walking with us, to know the experience of a community walking with us, a community of imperfect people, thanks be to God. A place where we can be imperfect. A place where we are loved when we fall and when we succeed. 
a place that calls us forth and keeps calling us into who we are. And we do that together. When one of us stumbles, we pick each other up. And one of us celebrates, we celebrate together. And there's a world out there who is dying literally for a place to know that they're welcome, that there's a seat at the table for them, that there's a community that will stand with them, that sees them, that values them. And that's the good news of the gospel that we share. That's what it means to go fishing for people, to build relationships that create room and space and that honor others so that they too can know that they are loved by God, that God celebrates them, and that there's a community that if they want to be a part of will walk with them as we all grow in learning to be who God created us to be and to serve the world together. So let's go fishing. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen.